Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. We are having a dear friend of the network back on the show with us today to promote her new book, Sister Dr. Jenna. I'm going to share with you a little bit about who Sister Dr. Jenna is, as well as some of her accomplishments, and then we will deep dive into this incredible new book that she has written. Sister Dr. Jenna is author of the recently released book, Meditation, Intimate Experiences with the Divine Through Contemplative Practices which includes 37 contributing authors sharing their experiences with the divine. As an acclaimed, trusted spiritual mentor, she is committed to bridging divides in societies and building relationships between global influencers. She has impacted lives around the globe, inspiring change and finding solutions to current day crises as the founder and director of the Braha Kumaris Meditation Museum located in the Washington DC metropolitan area. Sister Dr. Jenna is also the host of the popular America Meditating Radio Show, which is how she and I connected a few years ago, and is recipient of the President's Lifetime National Community Service Award, as well as is a fellow evolutionary leader and was selected by Empower a Billion Women 2020 as one of the 100 most influential leaders in 2015. Sister Dr. Jenna's voice of influence is particularly needed in the wake of the tragedy and increasing violence in our world. Sister Dr. Jenna, you are a kindred spirit and a soul Mm -hmm. sister for me. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's always good to be with you, Jennifer. And even as I sit here listening to what they call a bio or an intro, deep down, I just want folks when they introduce me, she's so cool (laughs) and she's so easy and she's funny and she's wise. Maybe one day that'll happen. (laughs) Well, had you just told me that, I could have said that. I think that's when I refer you to other podcasts and show. I always say the best person you'll ever interview is Sister Dr. Jenna because she is so easy and fun and cool. (laughs) Anyway, it's so good to um, be here with you and with Awake TV, my friends out there. And I'm thanking you for giving us the time to share this book that has just been published by Sacred Stories Publishing. Yeah, so so tell us about the book. I know you truly, Georgiana, you embody the wisdom of meditation. It's not a transactional thing for you. It's truly the essence of who you are as a human being. So please share with our listeners and viewers about how this book came to be birthed. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you said that because I was in the car today and I was sharing with my sister how I've noticed people surrender in a sense to people who emanate this guru mentality or this fear given really this fear driven presence or something where they kind of show you that look I'm so much better than you and I found that on my journey of spirituality and we were talking about it in the car maybe because of my western influence I don't know but I just feel there's this sheared space as we grow in our spiritual development and each of us is like great 
Some of us will have a talent in a particular area than others. And would you believe a lot of people struggle with really wanting to settle in that way? They want somebody higher than them to tell them how to be and what to do. So I thank you for the words that you've just shared earlier. And regarding the book, Ariel from Sacred Stories Publishing reached out to me um, a little bit over a year ago to do a book on divine experiences, on my experiences with God. And I remembered so specifically Antonia, who runs my life and takes care of me. I was like, there's no way I want to do a book on my God and talk about God and meditation. Antonia, that's just not what I want to do right now. There are hundreds of books out there. And of course, I told it as well to Ariel. And she was persistent, which I appreciated because she did circle back. And on the second ask, of some reason, I just said yes. And then when she told me that I'll have an editor to help me to do the book, Gina Maza, then that was another big plus. And then when she said you could invite contributing author, you being one in the book, then I went, okay, great. So you mean all of us will talk about that mystical experience that changed our lives forever? She said, yes. So I went, okay, great. And then, you know, it just went from there. And I've been enjoying reflecting on my journey and even going back to when my first awakening started, there's a chapter in there that's called God and the Laundromat. As a very little girl, when I first was transported just beyond the world of my five senses, and it took me into this space where there was a council of people all in white. What I picked up from it now, because I have the language at four or five years old, I didn't. They were just seeing, where is she? Is she okay? Is she being taken care of? And that was what I remembered so specifically at that age, feeling that experience as if I was being surrounded by angels and protected. And that was my first mystical experience. And that's the part of the book. So the book just came about because of the persistence of the publisher at Sacred Stories Publishing and Antonia pulling my leg and say, this would be good for you to do. We heard Antonia. A little shout out to Antonia. Yeah, yeah. She saved me that time too. There was another time with a program with Oprah, and I was like, I don't have time for that. This would be good for you. And then I was like, okay. Next thing I knew, I'm at Oprah's house for dinner. The two of us are eating vegetarian dishes from her garden. I just love life, don't you? You you have to love the synchronicities. I don't know if you've experienced this, Sister Jenna, but the things that we're most reticent to do or to complete are the things that I've found, for me at least, have been the most transformational and awakening. Yes, yes, yes. There's sometimes that no actually leads you to a big yes. Hmm. Something powerful about it. Yeah. You're the only person I know who would say no to Oprah. It's like everybody else is like, pick me, pick me, Oprah. You're like, you know. Oprah, I would love to, but I really have too much on my plate right now. Well, you know what it was when Antonia came into my vortex, one of the things that she used to tell me when she would sit opposite me in the office at the table, she would say, I want to see you on Oprah. I go, I'm not going to get on Oprah. That's not going to be for us. She says, this will be good. I want really want to see you with Oprah. And it was maybe her vision and wish that catapulted me in being a part of her wish to be fulfilled. And sure enough, 
it 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 happened. And it was interesting because she's a little bit um, cautious about flying. So that girl just will not get on a plane, but she did for Oprah. <laughs> she got to Oprah's house. And so um, it was just lovely to have had that experience. And I, I share this with all of you, how mystical experiences and sometimes situations can happen in your life that you least expected, like me saying no to the book first and then saying yes, and then having Gina Maza take me through this journey in my life that I had never really visited for a while. It was just on the shelf because I'm so busy in serving humanity and others. I never really paused to think about how I got here, you know, so that was very powerful. And it's been, and it's all written in the book. It's all in the book. Yes. And I, if I may add to that, Sister Jenna, I remember one of the greatest gifts that I was taught from a Kabbalistic standpoint is the idea of resisting and pushing back against receiving the thing that you desire most. And Mm -hmm. I remember uh, years later, I had studied Kabbalah about 10 years ago. And about a week or two into my studying it, I had learned about this idea of restriction is what they call it. You restrict receiving the thing you desire most. And in turn, it allows it to come to you in even a more beautiful way. And I wound up showing up for Conan O'Brien to, I was doing my own book tour at the time back in 2013 or 14. And I wasn't planning to be a guest on Conan, though one of my colleagues said, Jen, grab a book for Conan as I'm going out to the taping. And I said, I'm not a guest on the show, Scott. And he said, you never know. And so as a gag, I wrote a little note to Conan saying, good luck one day finding your dream job because he had just been laid off from the tonight show. So I get there and I go through this whole process and uh, through a series of serendipities, I actually wind up on Conan's show and it starts to go viral. And I remember thinking, you know what? I'm going to practice restriction as much as I want to see what's happening and what's going on. I'm not going to check any of it. And to this day, I think it has over a million views. So it's, it's when we push back that we're able to actually through that, almost like that tension and resistance of a rubber band that we're able to catapult into exactly where and what we're meant to do. You know, it's funny because in the pushback, I've been observing where the resistance or there is this energy that's recorded in the soul of your many, many, many lives of maybe the losses, the trauma, the what if I never got this, oh, I lost this, whatever it might be, that there is this department in the soul that kind of holds this vibration in you that when you're in like a current existence, let's say this one now, and the world wants to serve you and and offer everything to you, that when you show up to it, you go, no, you know, I'm not ready for it. I, I can't do this. I want it from a distance. I see it. I dream about it. You know, you watch it on the movie, you tell a friend. And then when it actually shows up, you push back from it at times, not even realizing that you're the only one that's holding yourself back. And one of the beautiful things about the over 30 co-authors in the book was that nobody had pushed back when that mystical divine experience occurred. And there was something that was a very common um, mentioning in the book was there was a connection to light. There was a very deep connection to light. I love that when we feel something as true, 
our bodies breathe and we feel the tingle of synchronicity and truth radiating throughout our being. And that's just what I felt, Sister Jenna, as you shared that. It is so true that when things are in coherence and harmony, there isn't that resistance. And for anybody who may have meditated, and I'd love for you to add to the Sister Jenna, that sometimes it's when you hit that level of oneness with all things, there's that moment right before where it's almost like you have the choice. Do I let go and surrender to be part of the one? Or do I resist and stay confined in this little version of the me or the I that I am? And that's one of the most beautiful things, Sister Dr. Jenna, that I so adore about your meditations is that you do this beautiful exercise of letting go of the I, letting go of the name, country, and the race that you are. Talk to us a little bit about that, about how we can embrace the surrender and the divinity in that moment where we might feel afraid. I think there are many occasions in our lives where we actually do that. And I think there are many of us who actually attain a mystical experience. But I also think that there are many of us who get distracted very quickly because it either feels uncomfortable, scary, or maybe just way too free, too liberating. So we push ourselves back into the experience of the five senses and we deepen that, you know, powerful experience and just walk with it, forgetting the mystical experience that was awakening me to something greater and bigger. And so I think that when we travel inwards inside of the world behind our two eyes and we start to gently acknowledge that the world behind my eyes is the universe, is my all, is everything that I'm searching for in this limited concept of life that I see outside of my eyes, there is something that starts to shake up inside of you. It's like you pull your soul out of the limited interpretations of your name, your gender, your role, your title, your religion, your body. And that's the cause for so much war and strife in the world today. I just find my my head shaking in just dismay at There's no way we should be talking about war in this particular century. There's no way that leaders should be thinking about what they're going to do with their little red button. There should be now a concept or a consciousness or a reality of, can we just talk? I know we might not be able to get all that we need, but can we save lives and talk? So as much as that sounds easy, I've also realized as human beings, we forget very easily even sometimes the greatest tragedies we put aside when it's outside of us. But if something happens inside of us, we hold on to that forever. Um, There are certain things about us that something Prime Minister Modi said in an event that he did at the Brahma Kumari's headquarters a few days ago. And he said, everybody wants rights and everybody has rights. Are you responsible for your rights? And is there a duty that you're willing to commit to with your rights. And so when you give everybody rights without any sort of a knowledge or or sense of systematic way of looking at things or care, I didn't want to say law or rules because that can be received very heavy. But can you imagine to walk with rights, but knowing you're responsible 
for sustaining this right and knowing that it's your duty because you're taking care of generations behind you and you are taking care of what you have next to you and you're just setting your tone for your infinity that you're going to walk into. So when you practice this ability to start to talk to yourself, what if I didn't have a name? How would that really make me feel? You ever had your husband call you, hey, Jennifer, and you know what that one was for, right? <laughs> or, or when your mother calls you, oh, Jenny, so many people to call your name with a whole interesting, powerful vibration towards you. And that vibration comes into the soul and it impacts the way you think and feel about yourself. So what if I chose to just forget being called Jenna? Put Jenna on the shelf for now. How would she feel? What if I forgot thinking that she's a woman, Indian, Black, American? And then what you start to feel like the soul begins to expand from being squashed into this little, little idea that this magnificent soul is just a woman. There's no way I'm going to accept that. That that incredible soul is just Jenna, is just a Hindu is just black, is just American, is just Jewish. It's got to be more to me than that. So then we end up in the character and the quality of the soul as you play out those parts. You got it? So when you let go of the attachment to the labels, you begin to inherit the virtues and the values and the principles and the power that fuels the light of the soul that you are. So imagine when you are this person, right? And I'm aiming towards becoming that at some point. I really want to feel God's light working through me a hundred times more than it is now. So imagine if your mother sees that vibration in you, your husband sees you with that vibration, then they will only speak to you from that vibration that they're feeling from you. And that's why if you want to change the world, you have to change first. And that's why that meditation is so important, because it will change you when you practice it. You, you remind me, Sister Jenna, of a word in Kabbalah in the 72 Names of God for global transformation. Mm. And in it, it gives you something to meditate on as we want to transform the world. It says that any evil that we see in the world is merely a reflection of the evil that we have yet to transform in our own heart that's hidden. And until we dig out and we unearth, we have no right to point the finger over there mm -hmm. because we're not enlightened. We're not transformed. And transformation is an internal job, not external, though it comes with a letting go and a surrendering of that ego that feels like it needs the label of gender, name, place, worth, it's really our self-worth, our internal capital S self-worth that shows us what our true value is in the world. And that's what I admire about you, Sister Dr. Jenna, is helping us to connect to that internal capital S self that is truly the divine that lies within us. You know, whenever I find myself sometimes, I'm using this word very gently, correcting anyone in my family around me. It has never failed. I'll find myself sitting in, in a chair in, the, in my room, just feeling like, why do you even bother? 
And I do that because I'm saying you're not even in your place of perfection yet either. Mm. You know, and then you wonder that there must be a better way for growth and development to happen. Because sometimes I am selfish while I'm correcting people around me is that if you don't rise, you're going to pull me down. And there's only so much I can do to keep every, you know everyone up. And then sometimes when I see that it's not understood or recognized, you know, it's just like the mother in the house who has to pick up the socks and clean all the rooms after she tells the kids, would you just pick up your socks? And they're like, ma, you know, and she gets frustrated because in a way she feels like she could use her energy for something else or Maybe sometimes mom just wants to sit and just be for a little bit, but everybody else in the house doesn't care. And so she has to be the responsible one to step up and say, I've got to do it because if I don't, what's going to happen? Everything's going to you know, go down to a low vibration. So one of the things that I've noticed is you know, in the book, everybody talks about where they were in life, which is usually almost a place of questioning. Like you were in a place of questioning, intrigue, curious, searching, or some of us just bumped into it, right? But that there was something that wanting to be released, there's something in the soul. You know, I feel like we keep coming back into birth and rebirth because we're not getting it clearly as to the purpose of being in a body. This powerful energy called the soul being in the body is actually supposed to live from a God-centered loving self while it's running the corporation, while it's producing television shows, while you're combing your hair, while you're getting dressed. And I think what has happened is we have kind of um, put, you know, God, I call God Baba, as you know. So we kind of put Baba over here only when I need him or I need something and then we just go with our lives. And then when something happens, I go, oh, my God. And then poor Baba, he just like, what do you need now, kid? You know, you've got to stop calling me for these things. I don't give you cars. I don't give you a million. I don't give you a mansion. I give you peace. I give you purity. I give you power. Then go get your car, your money, your whatever, but stop calling me for physical possessions. Uh, it's painful for me. Oh my God. I, I so love that, Dr. Sister Jenna. It's so beautiful. I remember one of my teachers said, listen, you can't just call on God when you want something. You really, in the same way, you wouldn't be able to develop a meaningful friendship or relationship. That's what our relationship with the divine is about. And my teacher taught yeah. me many years ago, ask God about everything. Hey, God, should I shower now or later? Should I have oatmeal for breakfast or should I have this? And so from the most mundane to the most divine, to be in communion with the one and to live our lives. So that way it's easier to hear that still soft voice that is the divine within each of us. And the more we tune in regularly, instead of to your point, sister, Dr. Jenna, of just when it's convenient or behooves us, the more that we have almost this umbilical cord, this connection, so that we're plugged into the divine anytime, every time. And it's not a circumstantial relationship just out of convenience. 
were sitting in our meditation room. We had a three-day global bhati, which is intense meditation with all the Brahma Kumari centers around the world. I think now you know we have about over, I don't even remember now, 9,000 in 110 countries. And while I was in the meditation room, I noticed all of us had a cell phone in the room. There were some that were listening to things on their air, which I know it's either music or meditations or whatever, to stimulate those feelings. And there's nothing wrong with it. But one of the things that brought a realization to me was, I wish I could carry Baba with me the way I carry my phone. Mm-hmm. And then everywhere you turn and everywhere you look at each of us, each of us and people around the world, they're always with their cell phones. And I was at the um, hospital today and I sat in the waiting area and I just looked around and there was not one single person not looking in their phone. I didn't look at mine. I just, I'm just really leaving it more, putting it aside. But I feel if we can somehow write on our smartphones, God's with me (laughs) or something that every time you pick it up, you just think of Baba. And every time you think of Baba, you inherit in the soul a virtue, a quality, a value, a strength, a beauty, and that it's just filling up each time you look at it. Because what are we filling up in the soul every time we look at our phones or we scroll through social media or we you know, try to get these emails off of our plate so that we can move on to our next destination? But what if I could keep Baba's company with me? Like you said, let's go and have something to eat. Why don't we go here? What do you think about this thing? And you're always checking in with this high quality energy of existence, then most of our decisions will have a high quality of existence. And then our relationships will be good. Our finances will be good. Our minds will be good. And our health will be good. Why? The energy, if I keep pulling in the energy of the peace and the love and the purity in me, then even if I have to go through settling of karma with my body, with finance, with um, um, relationships, somehow the soul will have enough to say, okay, I've got to take care of it. Let's, let's move on. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't allow it to, to trap you into its vortex of limitation and keep you there for a long time. I had a very ser- serious illness about a year and a half ago or two years ago. And I tell you, I don't even think too much about it unless I have to. But I was like, I don't have time for this thing. Where, where, where is this coming from? I don't have time. And I remembered the way I mentally dealt with it. Om Shanti. You do your stuff, what you want to do with my body, but you cannot take my mind. Mm. And I remembered deepening my connection to Baba more, not because I wanted him, because I take Baba with me wherever I go. But I just says, Baba, I have to go through this. But I'm going to stay with you during all of this. And it was like changing a crucifixion into a thorn. Mm. It became that light. It's it's so powerful. It's our perspective really is decisive. And more that we see things through the lens of the divine and in partnership with the divine, knowing that it's always there, Baba, the divine, the universe, God consciousness, whatever you choose to call it. 
that's our capacity to become fearless, unstoppable, and infinite, and to connect to the infinite essence in ourselves and others. And so, Sister Dr. Jenna, we could obviously talk for a long time, and I encourage all of our viewers and listeners out there to check out Sister Dr. Jenna's amazing America Meditating Show, some of the prior shows she's done here with us on Awake TV. And Sister Dr. Jenna, I would love for you to tell people where they can connect with you, where they can pick up the book or find out more about the Braha Kumaris. Okay. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's been always a delight. And I'm going to maybe just hold up the book a little so everyone can see how the cover looks like. So you can get a copy of the book anywhere, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and um if you go to americameditating.org for information on our radio show, even the book or activities that we consistently do throughout the world, then that will also help you to get on board and join us. If you're in the local area of Washington metropolitan area, come by and visit us at the Meditation Museum. We have classes every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m., so then you can go to meditationmuseum.org. And more than anything else, just breathe and pause and sometimes just stop and take something in. Don't rush through this interview. If for whatever reason you paused, even for a minute or two, just take it in. Sometimes when you just take enough time to absorb something into your system, the real growth takes place other than you know, searching around for something for four hours and not growing at all other than draining your potential and your power. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you will use this year and all the years ahead of you as your time to become your modern day mystic and bring the energy of God's light and love more into your relationships, more into your communities, into your cities, into your country, definitely into your life so that we can change this iron aged world into a golden aged heavenly paradise. So hopefully you'll join us and we can start to really dance and have a good time. I, I completely agree, Sister Jenna. And I will leave our audience and everybody with a message I received from the divine this morning. I've been hearing this often. And the way I finish my prayer is I say, okay, Divine God, universe, are there any other messages that you have for me today? And the message I received this morning was take your time. Divinity mm. connection is in this moment and the next moment. And honor and explore and experiment with what Sister Dr. Jenna just shared. Connect to the stillness within you. And it's in that stillness that we connect to the divinity and oneness within each and every one of us and deep, profound gratitude for sister, Dr. Jenna and all of the people that she has brought together in the world. My current business partner included, if it weren't for sister, Dr. Jenna, our new company, om-heels.com would not exist. It was, uh, you know, sister, Dr. Jenna, you'll never know all of the lives that you have touched and all of the lives that you will continue to touch. Just the other day, I had a friend who did a session with one of the energy healers on our platform. And she gave me that quote from Maya Angelou about never knowing all of the lives that you're going to touch. And she said, Jen, that session I just did changed my family for generations going forwards. And that's who you are for me, Sister Jenna is somebody who is changing generations and transforming and touching the lives 
of generations going forwards and backwards from your divinity, your love, and your grace that you bring to the world. It has been such a pleasure to have you here with us today. And please do check out the book, Meditation, Intimate Experiences with the Divine Through Contemplative Practices. I am Jennifer K. Hill, and it's been a pleasure to have you with us today. Namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.